Hello, you're listening to Fish Food, a podcast for entrepreneurs who started working for themselves to build companies that grow into thriving businesses. Here, we provide bite-sized accounting and entrepreneurship advice in 20 minutes or less. I'm your host, Keila hill Trawick, and whether you're acting as your own accountant or looking for a new one, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I am super excited today. Y'all will hear us fangirl all this episode, (laughs) but very excited to have our first guest of the season, Natasha Pierre. Welcome. Thank you. I didn't know I'm the first. I'm excited. Yes. (laughs) Now that we come back with video and all that, it only makes sense that we would come with a video expert. So I love it. You showing up for us. I love it. I'm excited. Yeah. So I always like to start with kind of an overview of what you do and who you do it for. Yes. So I'm a video marketing coach for small businesses that want to show up on video for their brand, but they struggle with the strategy and the confidence. And so my goal is just to simplify video content creation for growing their businesses. And you didn't always do this, right? Like how, tell us a little bit about your journey from starting your own business to getting to a place where this was what you wanted to not only be passionate about, but offer as a service to people. Yes. So I started my business while I was still in college and I had a lot of digital marketing, social media management experience. And I was really grateful that my first internship was with a woman who had her own business work completely remotely, which was like totally new to me. And she really planted the seed and the idea that if I wanted to create my own business, I could. Um, And so in my senior year, I started um, offering social media management services. And so I got my first few clients on Upwork. I was actually with one of my Upwork clients literally until I retired my social media management services. Oh so like God. almost three years. Yeah, pretty crazy. So so yeah, that's how I started. Um, a niche, eventually kind of niche down to Instagram management specifically. And that was kind of the main thing I did for that first season of business. And then I kind of did my first course and then I did another course. And in 2020, my business really blew up, which I know we'll kind of talk about once we get to some numbers. And And so that kind of left me burnt out, not only from just being a social media manager during the pandemic and just all the stuff that happened in 2020, but also my business was growing so fast in terms of I was like landing speaking engagements and partnerships and my social following was growing and like everything about my business was just like growing to the point where I realized I had to kind of make that really tough decision of essentially like firing all my social media management clients. Sounds a little harsh, but that's kind of what I had to do. And that's when I kind of just fully moved into the Shine with Natasha brand, where I do mainly like coaching and creation, creating, I guess I'm a creator. I finally like adopted. I'm like, oh, I'm a part of the creator economy and everything like that. So that's kind of the long story short of my journey. And I was um, in your mastermind, which I loved, Um, (laughs) very much enjoyed that. And I know that that is the major focus, at least right now, of really serving people as part of a cohort. Would you like to talk a little bit about that, what that looks like and why it was so important for you to make that transition? 
Yes, absolutely. I have like my signature framework and my signature program that kind of goes over not the basics, but really how to create a video marketing strategy that will help you show up consistently. But as I went through my own kind of growing pains of adding speaking in the mix and being a creator and doing these launches and like as I started to kind of like sophisticate, I don't know, it sounds not like what I did at all, but there was just start my business, my business was becoming a little more complex than just doing social media management services. And I just felt so lonely during that journey. And I felt like I had no one to go to of like, how do I put together a keynote presentation? Like, how do I work with brands? What should I be charging for brands? Like, should my launch have this? Like, and how do I like have a team and have support, but how do I do it in a way that doesn't lead me to burning out? Like, I, I love working a four day work week. I love taking time off. So I was just struggling to find that balance as we were growing. And that's really where the idea of the mastermind came about is I've been in some really great speaking programs. Um, I know there's tons of resources for brand partnerships and being a creator, but I feel like there was nothing that really catered towards people where that wasn't their main business, but it was just a revenue stream or an addition to their business. And like, how do we manage it all? And like, what do we need to know? And so it was kind of my way to not only like create the community that I wish I had had, but also to share what I've learned along the way. So um, that's really where the mastermind came to be. It's in the it's three third year this year. And we're having like an in person retreat this year, which feels very big and really exciting. Also, just I can't so you know, wait. me and Simone were on the back end, like, can Alumni come to this in person situation? Yes, I'll tell you about that a little later. <laughs> tell you about that a little later. <laughs> okay, I think this is a good segue because um, as our listeners know, and as you know, I'm really passionate about small businesses who are intentionally staying small, who are choosing to be sustainable for their own protection of peace, but really for like our time to protect us from burnout especially as women, especially as women of color. It's like we are on the front lines of that shutting us down. And so as you were thinking about this transition, would love to talk to you about kind of what your team looked like maybe at the beginning or as you were kind of coming to this journey and what you got to maybe now in terms of who works with and for you and how you were making those decisions on what was the right size for your business. Yes, absolutely. So in 2020, when I was like mainly doing social media management um, and I had just started my podcast, I had my courses, I had a podcast editor and then I had a VA. I had like some operation support and I think that was like it. I had a, a graphic designer that was doing some contract work, but like that was that was pretty much it. And at the time I was going through that growing pain of like, do I make my social media management business a, an agency? Do I get rid of it? And so I did have an intern and then kind of a junior account coordinator helping with social media management, which allowed me to slowly get out of it. But I realized that like, I love creating and I love strategizing. And I realized I didn't really want to run an agency like that wasn't what lit me up and felt exciting to me. And so that was kind of a role that eventually went away. So that was kind of what my team was. So very lean, just contractors for the bare minimum. And now we still have the same graphic designer, Fabi, that's my girl. Um, And then we have um, mainly contractors. Um, So I have a project manager. I also have um, my graphic designer. And then I have my kind of marketing
marketing assistant. So she helps me with emails and launch support and everything like that. And then I have my coaching lead who helps me coach inside the programs and just adds like an extra fun, engaging element to that. So that's kind of like my main core team along with an accountant. I have an accountant as well for tax support. And that's about it. So it hasn't, it's grown a little bit, but I say it's still lean and definitely to the place where I'm like, I'm happy with that. Oh, and a YouTube team. That was it. YouTube podcast editor. And was that intentional? Did you know that you were staying small on purpose or were you just kind of adding little by little and then got to a point where you're like, this is enough? I think Part of it was because I've had most of my team on for two, three, four years, I feel like I've been able to grow with those people instead of adding on to new people. So I think that was partially why. But I definitely think there was a place in my business, especially after such a big growth year in 2020. I'm like, is this like going to continue to be the momentum and trajectory? Like, do I need to have full time employees? Like, I definitely felt like I thought I needed that at one time, but eventually just the weight, honestly, of supporting contractors, which is not nearly as much of a weight as full-time team members, it made me realize that that's definitely something I don't intend on doing and would like to keep my business at a place to just have a contract role. So yeah, I think it was partially from intention, partially from just experimenting and everything. Um, this is like a podcast exclusive since I know you kind of know the back end of my business, but um, my now husband, Marlon, was actually my operations manager full-time in my business for two years. Um, and it wasn't until last year, beginning of this year, that he ended up getting his own full-time role at another company, um, which I'm so excited for. He's like in his dream role. He is absolutely thriving doing all the operation-y things. Um, and so I feel like that was a kind of a really allowed me to see that like, yes, having full-time support and being able to travel and experience all the things in business with like your life partner was amazing. Um, and we loved working together, but it also made me realize like, I don't want my business to support my whole household income and yeah. a bunch of team members. Um, so yeah, at this point, it's definitely been with intention, but I think it's been after kind of trying the things as we all do. <laughs> no, that makes total sense. And one of the things that I've thought about a lot when I think about guests on the podcast and what we want and what we're striving to, this phrase of built to enough has resonated with me a lot, which mm -hmm. is like we build to a cap whatever the cap is for you. And how I've defined enough for us is like this line after which I'm no longer interested in growth for the sake of growth. So whether that's your number of clients or your number of team members or revenue, there comes this place where we're like, okay, we've done it. I don't need no more people. I don't need any more money. I don't need to hire anyone else. Like where we are now is sufficient and would love to hear from you like, what does enough mean for you when you got to a place where you said, this is enough team members, this is the kind of service that I want to offer, especially since in your case, you gave up a pretty lucrative business that was already doing all the things. And I mean, you didn't walk away to zero, but you walked away from something that you could have expanded. And that's what oh, yeah. you know. social media managers are dreaming about that they could make this and you hit it and were like, yeah, not that I want to do something else. What led you to that? 
Yeah. And I think just to give some context, I would say probably 70 to 80% of like our revenue at that time was social media management. So in a lot of ways, I really was, I really was throwing it away. (laughs) Um, And I I feel like it might be interesting to just, I feel like the follow-up question everyone's listening is like, how did you do that? I think everyone has different risk tolerance. I think it's an important thing to note, but honestly, I did it by essentially taking what I did for my social media management clients and made it into a VIP day service. So essentially I took like what was working with social media management and that was like what allowed me to like have that cushion and wiggle room. And it was also the self-awareness of being like, I know some people can like keep a few clients and have the capacity to do that while they're growing the other side of their business. But I knew for me, I had to like go 100% in with that momentum. But to kind of go back to that initial question, I feel like enough for me. I feel like I'm actually still figuring it out and discovering it, especially as even at the beginning of this year, like speaking and brand partnerships has been almost equal to what I'm making in the other parts of my business, which usually, yeah, things are shifted. The pie, the pie puzzle is shifting around. And that's just in the beginning of this year. But that also means my capacity is shifting as well. Um, So I will say that I'm still kind of figuring it out because I at least don't know of anyone that has really modeled the ability to have coaching and programs and like still serve clients, but also do the other things. Um, But yeah, I feel like for me, it's it's to this place where we can still innovate, still have ideas, still say yes to things that feel really exciting, but not to compromise well-being and stress and overwhelm. And I feel like right now, like, like I said, I'm still kind of figuring that out in this season. I think the epiphany that I've recently had that I feel like might resonate with other people is that I realized that it's not that I need to have more people doing things. I just need to be better at delegating, which was a very (laughs) hard thing for me to hear at myself when I was like, you need to be better at delegating. I'm like, well, I have a team. I delegate. But I was like, no, I'm like saying, can you help with this thing? But what I really need to be is like, yes, you need to own this thing. And that's been such a big shift for me. So I feel like once I'm able to get to that point where I'm really staying in the place that I love, which is creating and coaching and, and being in that kind of visionary role, as a lot of people say, to be able to pass along those other things. But the people that I already have on my team, like I don't anticipating bringing in more people. I feel like we're like, we're almost there. So that's kind of what I would say enough feels like for me. And just like being able to work those four day work weeks and stay on that schedule and being able to easily take time off. That's something that I, I really, really value. So I think that's kind of what came to mind for me. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. We talk a lot in the DMs about how alike we are. I'm very much the same and like, it's all or nothing. I can't do this like stair step into a thing. And once my brain and my heart are like, this is not the thing, it doesn't matter the consequence. I have already decided that like, to your point, I'm like, we out. I know that we're going to lose all the stuff in this, but I actually can't do this anymore because I had already decided that I didn't want to. Yes, definitely. And I think that some people, um, like as you're mentioning, like we hear it and we're on it. It's easy. And I know for other people it can be really difficult. But I think one thing I've just learned, especially from entrepreneurship, is that like that little nudge in your gut, that little I don't know about this or I can't do this. This feels a little much like it trust it because it's always Mm -hmm. right. And 
I think I would have gotten to a very dangerous burnout point. Yeah. I just, I can literally think back to, this was like in the middle of like my boom. And so you'd think I'd be so happy and like just skipping around, like all these things, like later con, creating, cultivate, like hitting 10K followers on Instagram, like having my first five figure month, like all the things were happening. Right. And I remember like, this sounds, this is, I feel like this speaks to COVID time. So I'm just going to blame it on that. But you know, I'm just going to be <laughs> honest. But I just remember I would go into like our closet and I would just like cry and just like need a space to just like, I was like, it was just, it was like all just coming out. Like I couldn't handle it. And I think that was the realization where Marlon was looking at me like, girl, you're not okay. We need to get rid of something. This and I had it. to be like, yeah, this, and I had to be like, yeah, this, this isn't it. And like, I need to make that tough decision, even though I didn't know that I was going to start a mastermind and start the camp. And I didn't even yeah. know what my main income stream was going to be. I literally didn't know going into 2021. And so I feel like it's sometimes like trusting yourself. And I will say by giving yourself that trust, you'll you'll make it work you'll make it happen but just that trust like i remember when i was having one of those tough conversations with one of my clients who's really really big in this space her name's alex beaton if anyone follows her she's really big in content and marketing was one of my biggest clients at that time and i remember like sitting on the call to tell her and i remember i had my phone under my desk and i was literally like texting marlon i was like i can't do it like i can't i can't tell her like i'm not gonna do it and he was like he's like you know you need to do it and so yeah. i was like I, I said it and i was free like you feel the free yeah. feeling of yes it's hard to do and be honest with yourself of when something needs to go or when something's no longer a good fit when that was like what you thought was going to be it it's hard but it's it's worth trusting that instinct and that nudge and i think that also leads or kind of leans into this idea of enough when you one thing that you said that really resonated with me was really the capacity to keep saying yes that means you got to say no to a lot of stuff. It means that you have to be in a position to say, I can't do this thing for you anymore because in order for me to have room to take vacations or determine what my next step is going to be, I can't constantly be at max. Like I related a yeah. lot last year, I would say in Q4, I remember I just kept saying I was just so tired. We were having our biggest year. We increased revenue like 25% the year before. And to your point, this is the dream. We crossed all of our goals. I should feel yeah. amazing. And I was just constantly in tears. I was constantly like, this is not the life I wanted for myself. I made this whole business to be free and I feel trapped. Like the things that this was supposed to do for me, it's not. And so what is my goalpost? Like, what am I trying to get to? Because I think if you don't set that, your business will take you wherever it wants to because you haven't yeah. told it where you're supposed to be going. Mm, yeah, and I think that's so true. And I feel like if we don't allow ourselves to be guided by what isn't isn't working and those like feelings and those that intuition and that like gut feeling that we get, then it'll lead us down the path that will eventually tell you very much in your face. Yep, this is the wrong <laughs> path. Turn around, you turn, whatever it is you need to do. So yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And I feel like I'm just thinking of the conversation we were having on like our pod, like on my podcast with your interview of just like being able to be in it for the journey and knowing that there isn't this end destination where all the problems are going to be fixed and everything's like, it's it doesn't you don't get to that point mm -hmm. you have to like 
follow that journey because things are going to change and things are going to be great and things are going to fail and just like going through those bumps in the road. Yeah. One of the things that I really appreciate about you and that I'm always in awe of is you seem to do a really good job of like fitting your business into your life as opposed to fitting your life into your business. And as we talk about this concept of enough, how have you been able to build in those boundaries, build in those lines in order to keep that as a priority? Because like we just said, if you don't do that, the business will just make those decisions for you. Have you been able to make that a consistent practice for yourself? Yeah, I think I'm very much an organized structure type of person. And so it really works for me is if it's in the calendar, it's, it's going to happen like what the calendar says. <laughs> so for right. me, it's like blocking off that Friday. It's mm-hmm. like literally going in and these are my out of office days and telling my team, telling them where I need support. I think by literally like making it a part of the business. Like we actually just added, I don't know how we did it like in Google Calendar, but we made a little Google Calendar for everyone's out of office. And like, it's almost become like a part of the company culture, even though I know I don't have like full-time employees of like, I want you taking off time. Like I want you taking off for your birthday or when you're going on a trip or whatever it is. Just like, I wanna be doing that too. And I like give my team nudges and reminders. So I think now that I'm saying out loud, I feel like it's kind of a part of like, my company culture, which I know as a social media manager, I did not have from a lot of my clients, even though they probably loved me. And and for the most part, I love them too. But I really think that having it as a part of my business and like not the other way around of like, I want to do this in my life and it's just going to happen. Like, I'm like, no, this is a part of how I operate as a business owner, I think has been, been really, really helpful for me. I feel like another thing that now I'm just like hearing my like therapist kind of like yell at me in my <laughs> ear. I don't know if anyone else's therapist yells at them in their ears. She doesn't yell at me ever, but I just hear her in my head of, I think I also being, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I feel like I, I'm also getting used to not having to always do things. And I think Uh, that's where I really struggled to take off time initially is I'm like, I want to be, but I need to be like going on vacation or doing all these things and like do, do, do when I've really been sitting with is like sometimes like getting comfortable with not having to do more things Mm -hmm. with having that time off has also allowed me to kind of reap the benefits of it, which like encourages me to do it a little bit more. So yeah, I feel like that's been just kind of what's really helped me take more time off from my business and really just be intentional with that time away. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And I think that is kind of the theme of all the things that we've been talking about. You have to do it on purpose. There is not going to be a day where your business just like frees up time for you and says, sure, I have made this next week available. If you would like to go on vacation, you have to be the one that goes in and builds that out for yourself. Yeah, definitely. And it gives, it keeps you accountable as well. It gives you something to look forward to. And I feel like we have all these really great business systems that we Mm -hmm. use to manage the business. And I think those same things can be really supportive to give us that same space in our lives. So I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about numbers because I'm an accountant. 
So, and I think that this is really important. I say a lot that like the numbers by themselves don't mean anything, but I think it's additional context to the story of when you are making these decisions of what is enough and what are you going to do next and how does this business work for you? We cannot do that in a vacuum as if the dollars that are associated don't matter. So we'd yeah. love for you to give us some information about like your financial journey in terms of how much you were making and how you were doing at the beginning and then at the height and then what that looked like as you started making these change decisions to get closer to your ideal enough place. Yeah, definitely. So I have I have the numbers. It's so funny because I it's so I feel like this is why these types of conversations are so important because a part of me is like I'm like are my numbers bad? Like yeah. isn't that so like I feel like we feel that way when we kind of like open up something that can be so vulnerable. I'm like are these bad? But I feel like to your point when we have the additional context of like what's going on and and why it is that way, I think it it makes it really helpful. So anyway, um so my first year in business was 2019. Keep in mind, your girl was still in college, was was doing things for below minimum wage on Upwork, like <laughs> was doing a little bit of everything. But I made $43,000 in revenue that year. This is all revenue. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which I think is like past me. I'm proud of me. I think that's super impressive. I mean, first year, a little fish. That's about what I made. I had a full-time job and I was doing this on the side and like the two hours before work and the two hours after yes. work and feeding and bookkeeping. We did about the same that first year. Oh yeah, I was like in the college library, like working on my little business. Like yes. it, was a, it was a whole thing. So so yeah, that was my first year in business, 2020. And so this is where you can like really see the jump. So in 2020, we did um, 111,000. Oh, wow. So things over doubled between that year. And that was where I started like selling more courses. That's when I started like diversifying my income stream from just social media management. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can like really see it in in those numbers. And then pretty much for 2021 and 2022, we've actually stayed the same at around 160,000. Mm -hmm. And this is where I'm like, oh, are my numbers bad? Because transparently, I would like to be upwards to 200 to 300,000. Like that's definitely where that enough mark I've been kind yeah, of yeah. aiming towards. But as I kind of mentioned, I like literally threw in the social media management like towel without having a plan and by literally throwing away most of my revenue like when we're talking about 2020 the 111 thousand dollars like probably like almost a hundred thousand of that was probably oh social God. media management literally like it was probably close to that amount like 70 to 80 percent and so i feel like in a lot of ways, if I would have like stuck with maybe like little like things like I did, like mini courses and 30 day reels challenge and a lot of things that were working for other people that like I've realized, like I want to do group coaching programs. Like yeah. I want to stay with my clients for a long time. Like I went through 2021 to 2022 to now of just like experimenting and being like, I don't like courses anymore. I like this program, but I want to do it this way. And I don't like that. And I want to remove that. Like that's just been what I've been doing over the past two years to now where my video content camp and the online authority mastermind are, I'm like, these are my babies. These are my ride or dies. And I'm like, good. So yeah. that's where I think that context is so valuable to show that like, I 
totally could have done what was working and probably hit where I think I, I want to be. But I've really given myself the space to not like really invest in the business as well of like, I want to get the support. And I want to get this mentorship and we want to learn these things and we want to get these resources so we can like set that foundation. So those are my numbers. Those are my no, numbers. I think that's so important. <laughs> and I want to say a couple of things here. I think the first thing that we talked about on our conversation in your podcast is one, when your revenue goes up for most businesses, expenses go up too, right? Like I'm giving more services. I'm doing this many more group coaching programs. And so I need to pay my lead coach a person more money because they're on more often. I may need more graphics or more podcasts or more whatever that I'm ending up paying more for, which isn't a good or bad thing. But I say that to say, we often think about revenue and not profit. And this idea that like, I'm going to make more and then automatically my expenses are going to stay exactly the same, which is not true. I think the other thing that's really important to think about is like the joy that you've been able to have of having four day work weeks of traveling, of getting married and going away and yeah. taking time off for your business. Not to say that you can't do that as you make more or as the business expands, but I think we really need to take into account this idea that those decisions have consequences, right? If you take yeah. on more group coaching programs or more clients or more, you know, cohorts or items that you're selling off, I got to be on more. And so this month or two months that I thought I was going to take off, that's money that's not in my pocket that I was planning for. And so I never say that numbers are good or bad. Like I think that numbers are there to give you data points in order to determine what your business feels like. But what's more important to me is that what you have done so far has set the foundation for the life you want to live. So it's like, okay, now I know I made this much. If I make this much more, I know what my team's going to look like. I can budget that part out, but this gives me more space. It's also really important to me as a reminder of what we talked about earlier, which is that you got to say no. And because if you keep saying yes, you could either, sure, make more money or you could make less because you burned out halfway through the year. And so for the next three months, you're like, I can't do anything. Don't call me. I'm not doing any more services. And so just really proud of the way that you've been able to not only replace that income, but create an income stream that supports what you want to be doing outside of work. Because as much as we love what we do, it still work. Like it is not our real lives. And so seeing that, I think building that just makes it so that the next plateau or the next um, level that you're trying to reach is built off a foundation that doesn't feel shaky. Whereas that first 111,000, it's like, yeah, I could make that, but could I keep repeating it in the ways that I was earning money? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I know for a fact that if I would have done more launches or take less time off or still be doing social media management, oh, I would have been burnt out for sure. And to your point, I mean, just for our wedding, I took off three full weeks, like three weeks completely off, wasn't doing social emails, coaching, nothing. And for all of 2020 too, like we kind of had to like this big life event, this amount of time is coming off. I don't want to come back and be automatically in, in grind mode. Um, And so it definitely is to those types of decisions that I think are absolutely worth it when you look at the grand scheme of things of like, how do I want to be running and operating my business? And if it does mean that I'm taking more time off and maybe a little slower to hit my goals, I'll take it. Absolutely. Make, make your life work for you. Make your business work for your life. Um, so 
I appreciate you. I thank you so much for taking thank this time you. to be with us today. Before we close and get to where people can find you on the internet, would love for you to just kind of end us with why is what you do important? Like, why do you feel like this is the thing that you want to put out into the world? Mm, I feel like video and social media and creating content get such a bad rep for taking so much time, energy away from our businesses and us not really seeing those results. But I really think that when we're able to create content in a way that feels authentic to our brands, that can feel impactful, where we can kind of carve out our own path of, I'm not supposed to be doing this, but this is how I want to be showing up for my brand. Not only are we able to see better results for our business, but I truly think that it empowers a deeper level of confidence. And I think this can go deep to a lot of different layers of, um, I know for a lot of us, especially women of color, people of color listening to this or any other minority groups, you grew up not seeing yourself in a lot of different shows or stories or whatever. And like, we have the ability to be that for other people just by showing up on social media, showing up on video. And I think that deeper why of like, not only does it make you more confident of like, no, this is my voice. This is how I am. This is what I have to share. And this is what I have to say. And this is how I want to build my business. But it gives you confidence in a whole other layer of your business to go speak on the stage to start your podcast, but also it is like you're able to make the change that you want to see in the world. So it seems like just like posting a little real, but I think there's so much more to it, which is what what keeps me going when the algorithm fails me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, again, I appreciate you. You dropped a lot of gems today. I feel like you're giving information to people who don't see it behind the scenes, right? Like we pull back the curtain a little bit to be able to say, it's not just about your number of Instagram followers, how you show up online on a regular basis. It's more about how you're using those to again, create the life that you actually want to live. And I, of course, told y'all biased, been in the program, love everything that Natasha does, but would love for you to tell people where they can find you online and how they can work with you if this is a good fit. Yes, absolutely. This was just such a great conversation. Um, So online, you can find me at Shine with Natasha on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all the things. And you also can listen to the Shine Online podcast, which Keela has been a guest on um, wherever you're listening to this podcast. And in terms of how to work with me, one of the best places is the video content camp, especially if you're still getting your bearings with video content. And then the mastermind's really great if you're like ready to really start showing up on video in a more impactful way as a thought leader and really deep dive into your message and how it can be on video. So both of those programs, you can find some more details on at shinewithatasha.com. Yes. And we will have those details in the show notes um, so that people can get to you directly. Thank you again for being on Fish Food, for being our first uh, guest this season. Really appreciate you. And yeah, thank you for showing up. Thank you. I love being a fish today. This is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. If you like what you heard, I've got good news for you. We're supporting you all over the internet. Check out our Instagram at littlefishaccounting or our website, littlefishaccounting.com for guidance, resources, and ways to work with us. Plus, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. See you next time.